everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. Today is our flagship show. You're here with me, Samrin, and with I Need No Name. Because of scheduling conflicts and because that game was kind of a disaster, we did not do a post game between Bayern and Stuttgart. And so we'll start off talking about that game. So in uh, what are some of your thoughts on Bayern's 2-2 draw against Stuttgart? Wow, we are just diving straight in, huh? So the thing <laughs> is, um, Stuttgart, I, I, it's hard to have any thoughts about Stuttgart, really, because let's be honest, it did not matter. The game did not matter. And I think that was on full display with the effort levels of the team because um, Bayern Munich, ever since clinching the titles against Traverse Dortmund, we have not been putting any effort into our games. And that is why we lost to Mainz. That is why we drew against Stuttgart. It's just not that good. That being said, I think there are still, you know, issues with how Nagelsmann sets up the team, issues with the pressing and issues with, like, just his philosophy in general. There's also the fact that Tongi Nyonzu, he might not be ready, you know, for a stint with the first team. And that might be why we are possibly, you know, looking for a new centre-back this summer again, even though we already have this many centre-backs on the squad. And the final thing that I need to point out is that Thomas Muller scored. He could have had a hat-trick. And I don't get all these people who are making sudden fantasy lineups of how Bayern will line up next season with Thomas Muller not in the starting eleven because as far as I'm concerned, he's still one of the best players on the squad and he should never be left out of a starting eleven. That's basically all I have to say at the moment. <laughs> I'm going to add to the Thomas Muller point. So the thing is, this has happened so many times before. When Pep came in his like second season, people were creating lineups with that Thomas Muller in it too. And we're talking something like six years ago now. So this is a consistent theme. Thomas Muller remains one of the most underappreciated footballers, not just at Bayern and by Bayern fans, but in the world. He's rarely, he's only now actually sort of being mentioned among the best players and sort of receiving some appreciation from the international press. But think about how long he's been doing this. Like I watched his like Champions League debut against Sporting Lisbon under Jorgen Klinsmann and he scored twice in that debut. So it's, he's been at it for a very long time. As for Bayern not putting in effort, I do think they actually did put in a fair amount of effort against Stuttgart, particularly because of all the noise around the club with the trip to Ibiza receiving some criticism with Felix Magat. And for those of us who remember Magat, Loves his mind games. He came out and he said that Bayern would not sort of put in any effort. And he he made some digs at the club and we had to because it was it's part of a club's integrity to play a fair game against a against an opponent who's involved in a relegation fight. But also um, our problems are there for all to be seen. And honestly, we haven't played well in a while. I don't think we were particularly good against Dortmund. We won, yes. And I don't think we have been very good since we lost to Villarreal. Or even since, like, yeah, since the first against Villarreal. We really haven't been great. It's been a while. Yeah, I genuinely, I don't think we've been very good at all this season. Like, we had those first, I think, three months were Nagelsmann's honeymoon period. And then everything started to you know, go sideways a little. And like, I can count on my hand the number of genuinely good performances we have had 
since December, really. And most of them have been against lesser opposition. Like I can say that uh, Hertha Berlin, generally good performance and RB Salzburg, generally good. And other than that, I can't really think of anything that stands out to me. And that is kind of a problem for Nagelsmann in terms of just how the season will be perceived for him. Because when you look back on the entire campaign, what do you look at as a, a huge achievement? You think about this, it is Bayern's 10th title in a row, but that is because we were more consistent than any of our opponents for pretty much 33 games and soon to be 34. But were we the absolute best on every single one of those days? We weren't. And we weren't in our other seasons either. But were we playing to our capacity? And that is something that's very difficult to answer. I think Nagelsmann did have, and I guess people keep bringing this up to me, so I should keep mentioning it. Nagelsmann did have a lot of things going against him this season. The Kimmich anti-vax thing all the way back last winter, that was problematic. It kept him out for a long time. Then Goretzka and Davies being out for a really long time. But even so, this season, I think it's going to be looked upon as a disappointment. And even the people who say, who make the logical arguments, I think they are trying to argue against themselves because you get the feeling. That there's just a feeling. It's not based on any serious logical argument because we won one trophy this season. We won one trophy last season. It should be seen the same way, but this season feels a lot more disappointing. I definitely agree there. One thing I want to point out about what you just said is the style of play. Last season, when we went into that second leg against PSG, basically more than half the team was out and Sané was less than half the player that he has been this season. And yet we put in a very commendable performance and could have gone through. We missed some pretty crucial chances. Technically with this year's rules, we would have gone to extra time. Extra time, exactly. So it's not so much that the absence of players should completely make your team look pathetic. It That shouldn't really happen. There should still be, yeah, maybe we won't have as many chances or we won't score as many goals, but that style should shine through either way. And that was a component of Flick's Bayern. And I hear the argument that, oh, like Nagelsmann got knocked out in the cup by an inferior opponent, as did Flick. First of all, that Holstein Kiel game was a complete free game where we lost on penalties. It's not like we lost on regular goals and regular time and all of that. We got hammered by Mönchengladbach. Yeah, we get beaten by Gladbach every single day of the week these days, but not 5-0. That exactly. game should have been an eye-opener. Mm-hmm. Like, I genuinely don't think Bayern Munich could even go up against Man City or even no, Liverpool, absolutely. Real Madrid, who are in the Champions League final this season, and say we yeah. would lose 5-0. So that 5-0 really just stand out. But the thing is that there is another way that the season has been disappointing, and it's something that was pointed out right before the Stuttgart game, is the fact that we didn't really develop any players, like... Jamal Muziala did not play against Stuttgart. He did not start against Mainz. We had, um, let's see, we had Paul Wanner. He was supposed to be getting minutes in these last few games. And, well, the last two games had gone by, nothing nothing doing. And then there's Omar Richards, basically no minutes for him either. Joseph Stanisic, no minutes lately. Um, like Mark Roca, Tongi, Nionzu. Yeah, Mark Roca, um, Mark Roca, I actually forgot about him. Um, in that list, so oh, yeah, I, I I I hear he's 
wanted by Barcelona. So I hope I hope that transfer goes through because it's quite clear that Julian Nagelsmann has no intention of using Roca, even though it seems that we really want a DM on our team. And Roca seems like he could be a good DM for us. Yeah. But yeah. So Roca, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't play either. Zavitzer got a chance against Mainz because Thomas Muller was out and he didn't impress and he was subbed off at halftime. And what else? Who am I forgetting? Tangi Nyonzu. Tangi Nyonzu was the only guy who got a chance uh, in these last two games. And I think he should have gotten way more chances throughout the season. And people will point out that he makes mistakes, but he's very young. He's, what, 19 years old? And he's in a very demanding position. He is a centre-back for Bayern Munich. And we know how exposed our centre-backs can be at times. And he's learning that position at a time when players around him have shown that they are not anywhere near as solid as advertised, like Dad McConnell comes to mind. And we also have to remember, like when Lucas Hernandez, for example, 80 million transfer World Cup when it came to our squad, it, uh, it took him time to settle in. And I don't understand why the fan base is so against Nyonzu getting minutes when it could have been very useful for us to give him 40, 45 minutes uh, here and there and just develop him so that we know where we stand with him, whether we should sell him, loan him or keep him on. Because right now, I think all of that is in a flux. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, David Alaba, in his first sort of full season as a Bayern player, made a crucial error in a game and he was absolutely hammered by Van Hal. This is, I think, 2010. And I think the rumor was that Van Hal actually brought him, like made him cry. And look at what happened with David Alaba years later. Wow. So Yeah, he's you know, in the Champions yeah. League final with Real Madrid. <laughs> and we're not there. But also <laughs> there. on that point, um, on Upamecano and Tangi Nyansu, this just leads to the fact that the loss of Niklas Zule will be even bigger because those two need time to develop. And I think in Zule, we had something very close to, if not the finished product. I always saw Zule as a pretty complete defender and he's got pace, he's got vision, he's got, he, he's watching with fewer mistakes, if anything. And I think we're going to really, we're really going to regret letting him go despite whatever happened in the background that we don't know about. Well, the thing is that he's going to Dortmund. He's not even taking a salary higher than what he was offered by Bayern Munich. So, Mm -hmm. like, it is, he's quite literally rejecting us. He is not, like, it's not like he's going to better pastures. He's literally saying, no, this is because of Bayern that I'm leaving. And I genuinely think he would be still here if the board has shown him a little bit more appreciation. And that is on us. But... Yeah, I agree about how you see Sula, and he did come on for Nyonzu against Jukkar, and he looked, yeah. our defense looked a little bit better, not that much better, mind you. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. honestly, honestly, I think that if he had, I think that when Lucas Hernandez was bought, I think the long-term plan for the club was to have Hernandez and Sula be our main centre-backs and start an era for us yeah. and mm-hmm. that seems to be down the drain now now we have a situation mm-hmm. where Fernandez is basically untouchable but he is yeah. also a player who has a very specific skill set like he cannot build up from the back he has improved mm-hmm. his passing by leaps and bounds but the thing is that he can't control the game from where he is at left center back and that's something that we need 
That is why it looks like Nagelsmann really, really wants a central defender, another central defender. And mm-hmm. it who is it that we're going to get? Because I have not heard of us being linked to anyone. Matthias Ginter yeah. is off to Freiburg. Um, Schlotterbeck has been confirmed by Dortmund. Sula mm-hmm. is also at Dortmund now. Um, like, I don't know. Rudiger is going to Real Madrid. So yeah. I don't know if anyone's left. Andreas Christensen again to Barcelona. So basically mm-hmm. every single one of our potential targets have already moved. So yeah. I feel like there's something coming up. And we saw in the mm-hmm. game against Stuttgart that Upamecano can be that guy that we're looking mm-hmm. for if he does like if he does yeah. eliminate the mistakes from his game. But mm-hmm. that'll take time. And I don't know if we have the patience for it. Like Nagelsmann has shown no patience for mistakes this season. And that is mm-hmm. why I'm not sure how these things will work out for us next season. These transfers that we're talking about. Doesn't that actually yeah. like honestly segue into our next topic? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay, so the topic that we had planned next, because there's honestly not much to talk about as far as the shootout game is concerned. The topic <laughs> we had planned next is all the transfer rumors that we're hearing now, because yeah, yeah, the summer transfer window uh, is opening very soon, and it'll close, I think it'll close early, or will it close at the normal time? I don't know. But the business needs to be done early this season, because, mm-hmm. you know, we have the World Cup coming up, and... The season restarts in July, so we will need to have wow, preseason early. started. Like, yeah, we have to have preseason started halfway through July. So, yep. like at the latest. So, given that, uh, we need to have all our deals wrapped up very quickly. Mm-hmm. In in that, uh, like talking about that, so we have had a big bombshell dropped on us by Florian Plettenberg yesterday which is the fact that Brazo wants to sign Sadio Mane from Liverpool. And um, I'll be honest with you, I, I want to hear your take, but I think this is pretty implausible. And even if it were to happen, I don't think it's the right decision to buy. I am with you on both those points. Number one, yeah, pretty implausible. I I hate saying this, but I feel like Mane would be taking a slight step down at this point, And he's really beloved at Liverpool. I really do think it's just a ploy to get more money from the club. That's that's really what's going on. And number two, I don't really think we need more like attacking style wingers, last second striker type players. We, that, that's not where the problem is right now. We we probably we need more stability in defensive midfield. We need more stability in defense. Mane is not the guy who's going to fix our problems. And with Nagelsmann, I think for now, in all honesty, it is best to stay away from expensive signing because I am really, really disappointed with what happened with Marcel Sabat. So he wasn't really that expensive, but here's a guy who was Nagelsmann's captain, who Nagelsmann knew in and out. And there were rumors, I don't know how much truth there is to them midway through the season that Nagelsmann barely speaks to some. Uh, Sabitzer. And he is, I know he's used to being captain. I know he's used to being top dog and all of a sudden he isn't, but that still does not explain the level of disappointing performances that we have seen from him. He, he was supposed to be the third man who could exchange, who could come in for Kimi Goretzka seamlessly. It has been so far from it. And I really don't think, I think Nagelsmann has to work with what he has first with a few inexpensive additions rather than get in another expensive addition, have more dressing room issues and have additional problems. What do you think? Yeah, I, I kind of agree. And the, 
reason for that is honestly i don't know if nagelsman will last past the first three months of next season if he continues in the trajectory he's been on like i know that this is a bit of a hot take but like he is showing the exact same signs that Ancelotti and Kovac did in their first season where first of all you know severe underperformance throughout the entire season and then Mm -hmm. near the end they say okay it was disappointing this season but we are talking about transfers we'll do this we'll do that and next season will be better and Mm -hmm. whenever a coach says that I have never seen next season get better for us okay yeah i don't remember pep ever saying okay we're gonna be looking at transfers and then do better next season i don't remember him saying that and he's the last coach that we never ended up firing so Mm -hmm. it's kind of it's kind of iffy to me that we are talking about getting big signings in for nagelsman like sadio mane or um the other guy that we're gonna have to talk about today conrad Limer. Or yeah. Christopher Nkunku, who is another RB Leipzig player, or Nordi yeah. Mukiele, who is again <laughs> linked to Bayern. Like we have been yeah. linked to pretty much Leipzig's entire squad. And I'm just thinking, yeah. what the hell is going on? Is this something that Brazil will really sign off on? Like just turning Bayern into RB Leipzig? Because that yeah. doesn't make any sense. We already have so many good players. And mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, at the start of this season, I mm-hmm. thought we had a very good squad. And it's only now that everyone is coming out of the woodwork to say, okay, this is not good enough. This this player needs to go. We need reinforcements here, there, everywhere. Like, I don't remember all these problems existing at the beginning of the season. It's like they cropped up. You hear Nagelton yeah. saying he needs he needs a better he needs a player for a more pressing oriented style, better mm-hmm. counter-pressing player. And I'm like, didn't Kimmich and Goretzka play in a midfield that won a treble while being in one of the best counter-pressing teams in the world? Like, what the hell just, what happened? Like, yeah. why isn't it's, that working anymore? Yeah. And yeah. it's all those questions just make me wonder how much Bayern Munich should back Nalitzman in the transfer market. I 100% agree. It It is almost a reminder back to Kovac, like you mentioned when he said that, a team that can drive a car at um, 100 miles an hour cannot play at 200 miles an hour or something like that. Yeah, and, that was that was one and, of his best, most iconic <laughs> press conferences. And the following season, that team drove at 400 miles an hour and basically won everything there was to win. The same season, right? That was that was literally like I'll tell you. Um, that was he basically had a string of press conferences leading yeah. up to that one Frankfurt game where he got sacked. Basically, yeah. it was Baham where we struggled immensely. And back yeah. then, Baham were in what? The third tier or second tier? And in the cup, we, right? Yeah, yeah, in the yeah. cup. Yeah, and Kovac mm-hmm. was a cup monster. So us struggling yeah. to them, and we just got through because Thomas Muller, who Kovac Great was too, not yeah. using at all that season, yeah. came on and saved his ass. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, that, I don't think he, this squad he, he is kept on. He, yeah. he, he, that's that's when he said that the squad was not capable of playing the kind of football that Liverpool plays. And Liverpool was relevant at the time because we had been knocked out by them uh, yeah. the season before. So he mm-hmm. said that. And then suddenly Hansi Flick comes in and we are playing. We are setting the standards for gain pressing in football, not Liverpool. So yeah. I just think that making squad evaluations while the entire team is underperforming under a coach, I think it's very dangerous. I think that yeah. based on that, we might have ended up, you know, imagine if we ended up paying 80 million to keep Philip Coutinho and sell Thomas Muller just because Jeez. we wanted to back 
Nico Kovac. Like, imagine yeah. if we did that. We didn't do that, thank God. But, like, imagine. That's the kind of thing we're talking about right now. And mm. here's where the problems, like, keep compounding. Because you are hearing now that Serge Gnabry, he has been given a very good contract offer, but he is putting off on signing it because he wants to consider his options. Yeah. Yeah, so... Like, I think a lot of problems are over the horizon for Bayern Munich this coming summer. And with Gnabry, I think it is worth looking into it deeper because of a couple of things. Number one, Gnabry was kind of developed by Nagelsmann. So if anybody has reason to like Nagelsmann and to stay with Nagelsmann, it would be him. Yeah. Furthermore, Bayern sort of rescued Gnabry. Gnabry's career was going nowhere. And then... Byron gave him a chance and he did fantastically well. I mean, yeah, he's up and down. His form is all over the place, but I don't think it is so much about the money anymore. Yeah, players are demanding more money all across the board, but also I think it is just about the satisfaction level and the level of appreciation that they're showed by the club. Nagelsmann consistently criticizing the squad does not help him does not help him in the dressing room, does not help his standing in the dressing room. And we got to also remember that Nagelsmann is very young. Players might already have been somewhat skeptical of him coming in. He's younger than Neuer. He's around the same age as Lewandowski and Muller. And senior players who have won basically everything there is to win, sometimes not once, but twice, will not take well to a coach who tells them that they are not good enough. On top of that, he has never managed a traditional Bundesliga club. He comes from clubs where he has the ultimate say, where he can do whatever he wants. It is not the case at Bayern. It will never be the case at Bayern. And that to me shows a little bit of arrogance. Listen, I really like Nagelsmann. I liked that he took over, but I feel like there have been times when he has gone my way or the highway and his arrogance has shown through and it has hurt. the team. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. Like, I mean, case in point, the back three and the switch yeah. to that weird three, four, two, one. I, I don't even know what to call it, that formation. And yeah, we have reports too. that the reason he wants another centre-back in addition to Sula leaving. Oh yeah, by the way, the point that you made about Gnabry being developed by Nagelsmann, that also applies to Sula because Sula is yeah. from Hoffenheim as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, they know each other quite well and now Sula is leaving too. So mm-hmm. the point is that we want to switch to a back three. We've been trying desperately all season to do that and it never worked out and then in the end Nagelsmann had to admit defeat and yeah. switch back to the back four and I don't think performances really got better I think the performances no. stayed the same that is being used by people to say that yeah it, look it's not the formation that's the fault it's the players but I think it's still the tactics that are the problem and that is yeah. why like I am not in favor of a massive squad refresh or overhaul this summer. I still mm-hmm. have faith in a lot of these guys. And yeah. I don't understand how after a whole host of, you know, new contracts and negotiations and stuff like that, that Bayern Munich can go through with, you know, switching out, like switching out a midfield or switching out wingers, letting wingers leave, doing this, doing yeah. that. I, I don't see how that is going to work because we will have a future after Nagelsmann too. Kimmich's yeah. current, excuse me, one second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the thing is that um, the problem is Nagelsmann, if he does not like, how should I say? Um, oh my God. I, I just lost my train of thought. It says, <laughs> it says that, it says here that 
the meeting will end in yeah. 10 minutes. What the hell? Yeah. Why would it do that? Because we Zoom have only... has changed to 40 minutes now. We yeah, but we've only recorded anymore. 25 minutes. That's weird. Uh, who knows? Oh, God. Okay, we will have to cut this short then. Okay, so yeah. the thing is that if Nagelsmann, like, if he had proven himself worthy of all the all this backing, then I wouldn't have any issue with it. But he mm-hmm. has not shown himself to even be able to use the assets that he's worked with before, as in Gnabry and Sula. Gnabry has been in poor form all season, and he should have been yeah. one of Nagelsmann's go-to guys. And mm-hmm. you know, Sula in and out of the squad, even though he seems to be trusted by Nagelsmann. And mm-hmm. then you have the Sane issue. Sane has, he showed a turnaround, and then he's again back to his usual self. It yep. seemed like the renaissance was short-lived. And mm-hmm. then you have the issue with Sabitzer. So like, yep. there's a question of whether Nagelsmann really is the guy to unlock the potential of this squad. And because of that, like, do we invest in him or do we look to save our money and just adopt a wait-and-see approach? I think certain transfers like Matsraoui and Gravenberch, low-risk, yeah. good transfers that no matter who comes in who is coaching us they will be important assets for the future so i'm not Mm -hmm. against those but it comes to the expensive transfers like guys like you know um limer or like Mm -hmm. christopher Nkunku or a new center back whether it's like Mm -hmm. i don't know who it is but it'll probably be like 30 35 million at least to get a good center back in this market so those kinds of investments i don't know if we should make them yeah i'm not I'm not in favor of them too. And I, I would also take the wait and see approach because firing Nagelsmann, if Bayern does go down that route, will be expensive. Yeah. So for yeah. now, I would say like what they did with Ancelotti, what they did with Kovac, um, Klinsmann didn't even make it that long. Just look at the first four months, see how things are going. And if things go poorly, well, we're going to have to make a change. I feel like Bayern hastily trusted Nagelsmann. I do not understand why we gave Nagelsmann a five-year contract. I'll be, Two might have been too short, but three would have been sufficient. I'll, I'll play devil's advocate in this case because mm-hmm. personally, I thought Nagelsmann was the guy. Okay, I thought Nagelsmann yeah. was the guy to come in and like continue Flick's legacy and Honestly, I don't think I would have chosen anyone else to take over after Flick. And right. I feel I feel like that is, uh, in hindsight, it seems like the wrong, I had the wrong opinion. It still remains to be proven if, like, if my earlier opinion was right or if what I think now is right. But, like, yeah. uh, I, I just don't know how it's gone this wrong for now. When he was coming in, it seemed like he had everything right. Like, if he, he wasn't going to mm-hmm. change much. And mm-hmm. he said, he did make those noises about the back three but he said he's not going to change much and we believed him and the initial performances were very very uh very good actually but Mm -hmm. we've seen that pattern before both Kovac and Angelotti they started off really well and Mm -hmm. it turned out that they were just riding on the coattails of their predecessor who were Mm -hmm. much better coaches than them so it turns out that it's a lot like you need to at least evaluate these over at least an entire season before you can figure out. And Nagelsmann evaluation, performance evaluation is not that good. Yeah. And to me, it's just that one game that I'll go back to. In December, we played Grotter Fort. We won 3-1. That was the first game I, I can recall where we used an out-and-out back three. We were pretty bad. And that was sort of the start of the downfall for me. Okay. I think for me, start of the downfall, what, what was it? 
I don't, I can't actually pinpoint it because it just feels like the performances got just slightly worse every single game. Every, yeah. every game was just like 5% worse than the last yeah. one. And then suddenly we just significantly worse. And you're like, excuse me, yeah. how did this happen? But yeah. then you look at the patterns that were developing and like you and I, we did like sit down in these podcasts and say, okay, there, these are not great signs, but let's see what he can do. And we decided to give him the benefit of the doubt. And now yeah. it looks like he is at the end of his rope. Like it does not seem like he can, like at least with this current iteration of the squad, it seems that Nagelsmann has reached his limit. No more performances will be found, which is why yeah. all these transfers are being mentioned. Like all these transfer mm-hmm. rumors are being mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so exactly. before we wrap up, I want to ask you, Samran, Mm-hmm. Um, is there out of all the transfers that we've been linked to and we haven't been linked to, is there any mm-hmm. particular person that like stands out to you? Any particular player that stands out to you is someone must get and could really elevate our game? I really don't think so. I really think we have a good squad in place. I think at least we have a first 11 to 13, 14 down that we could do well with one guy. Maybe I would put out there is David Brown because he can play in um, defensive mid. And I think he can play, play as a center back too. So, or I think I didn't know back. That. not, not a center back one. I think it's a left back, yeah, but left back. left back. Yeah. Not center back, but Brown can fulfill a few roles. And that's one guy that I would keep an eye out for. But other than that, not really. I believe in the squad. I, the squad, made it far last season, made it far the season before with a few exceptions, like coming in and going out. And right now I think we were best. The best thing we can do is focus on who we have and develop these guys. moving. Yeah. Okay. That's fair for me. I think that a player that could really take us to the next level next season, regardless mm-hmm. of who coaches us, whether it's Nagelsmann or someone else, maybe you Pankers will come back when he's 78. But um, <laughs> the thing is that I, I, I've been spending all season complaining about Pavard and now mm-hmm. we're finally getting a right back to replace him. So yes. I'm happy that we are buying Nusser Matrawi and I don't mm-hmm. care about the fact that we are paying 8 million a year to him because we really needed a new right back, someone offensive right yeah, back. Seriously. And whenever I watch Liverpool, how many chances did Trent Alexander-Arnold create from his side? And Mm -hmm. because of that, I want that at Bayern. And I think Madrawi, he can provide that. I don't care Mm -hmm. how he is defensively. I just want him to provide something in attack. And I want Nagelsmann to use him to his fullest potential. That's going to be important. Yeah, and Pava can move into the center. He makes a fairly good center back. Yeah, that's the thing. So... Um, I guess because Zoom is not going to let us record for much longer <laughs> because it looks like they have a new time limit on their recorded beatings, which I was not aware of when starting this. Um, I guess we're going to have to wrap it up. So yep. one thing I need to, if you've listened to us this far, I need to make an announcement. Bavarian Podcast Works, we will be hiring new podcasters for the coming season. And that hiring process is going to start right after the Wolfsburg game, right after the season ends, we are going to have a post up where we share details on how you can make a submission to us with a sample of you talking about something about Bayern Munich. But this is for you guys who are listening to us regularly. You guys get the first dibs on this announcement. And I hope some of you will send something into us that we can listen to. And I hope to work with some of you in the future where we talk about Bayern Munich and Nagelsmann and it doesn't matter if you disagree with us in fact if you disagree with us please make sure you say that 
in your submissions. I hope to hear them. So, Samrin, do you have anything to add to that? No, that's it. I just want to say that it's great fun. So we would love it if some of you send in your submissions and maybe join us for the next season. And with that, I think we're just going to wrap up. It's been I Need No Name. It's been Samrin. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Bavarian Podcast Works. You can find Chuck at The Barrel Block. You can find Tom at Tommy Adam 71 And by now, you know the drill. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, thank you and good night. Good night.